I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. <laughs> Are you ready? I am very invested in not just Disney today, but Disney long term. Hello, people. Welcome to the Fantasy Fair. The what is it? Oh, that is right. The most magical podcast on earth. Oh, my God. My throat feels so much better after Muppet Month. Oh, after my doing God. That <laughs> After doing that ridiculous intro for, the, for three episodes, um, it's so good not doing animals' voice. I don't know how the Muppeteers, they do that shit, but holy crap, it's great. <laughs> um, today's show, uh, we're going to cover uh, Soul, a little movie, little movie, and uh, on the Disney of Plus. And then also, um, speaking of Disney of Plus, we're going to also cover The Mandalorian Season 2. <laughs> Unless you're um, elsewhere outside of the United States, and in that case, it's series two, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, today is a very special episode. Um, I'm taking a taking a page out of Alexis Soto's book and calling everything special. <laughs> um, we have Alexis Moreno, of course. We couldn't do the fantasy fair without. The high priestess herself. <laughs> hello. So, hello. <laughs> Hi. And then also in the other corner, we have David Moreno. How are you doing, David? I'm good. When was the last time I was in the fantasy fair? Oops. I do not recall. Beats, <laughs> beats me. But you... But you, uh, but you've been uh, busy on the Red Spotlight Entertainment podcast That's true. for a while. So you, so David, so um, Alexis took uh, took you from me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a while since it's just been us three. Yeah. So the Lyra with the Morenos. Oh <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, this is the first podcast that we're doing um, in the new year in 2021. First of all, to um, to cover our our bases. Um, how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? How's 2021 looking for you guys? Hopefully, better than last year. Better than last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Okay. <laughs> um. No, it's it's been good. The holidays were nice. We were just at our house, ate dinner, went to sleep early. <laughs> uh, watched okay. watched a few movies. But yeah, how about you? It was good. It was good. I got a new baby. It's awesome. Uh, her name is Haley. Um, and for the. <laughs> To clarify, it's not an actual baby. Um, <laughs> it is my new electric guitar. Uh, it's an Epiphone SG. It's she's beautiful. Uh, Pelham Blue. It is amazing, and all uh, named Haley after one Miss Haley Williams of uh, Paramore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I named uh, I named her that. And uh, in terms of things, you know, ate a lot of food, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, open presents Christmas morning. 
um, and all that shit. And honestly, it was it was pretty good. It's it it feels good affording presents now. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, <laughs> that is my thoughts exactly. <laughs> like it, like Christmas doesn't feel awkward anymore because I'm like, oh, I'm getting all these, all this shit, and but I didn't give you anything, so um, I don't want to feel like the scum of the earth, <laughs> not giving anybody anything. So, um, so yeah, it, it feels good to do that actually, and I, it's been that way for the past like two years. I could actually. Um, do all that shit. <laughs> so yeah. Um, let us begin. Oh, um, the fantasy fair would not be the fantasy fair if not for um a news update. Um, according to Gavin Newsom's a uh, new proposal, Disneyland. Oh yeah, is now going to be a vaccine center <laughs> for uh for COVID-19 patients. Um and sign me up immediately. I want to get vaccinated in Toontown. <laughs> <laughs> um what do you guys think about that about Disneyland like pretty much being a pandemic epicenter for um for treatment that... in California? Do we still get to go on the rides? <laughs> Do we get to go on the rides after as a prize? Do we get a, a snack after <laughs> as a prize? <laughs> instead of uh, instead of like the traditional lollipop yeah. after you get your vaccine, it's a like churro. Here, splash mountain. <laughs> I'm down. <Turkey> day, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Or a chimichanga. As a treat. <laughs> a chimichanga, yeah. Ooh, that I think I think it's incredible that like uh, obviously like some big um, venues are turning into um, uh, vaccine centers like recently um, uh, Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. and Petco Park they're turning into um, for their epi- for their um, for their respective town cities uh-huh. I guess <laughs> um, so I think that's pretty cool I don't know about North California because. Traditionally, as uh, Southern California, Southern California only matters. But, but yeah, uh, it's it's cool. I I like the fact that Disneyland is being used as that. I mean, it's not being used. It surprises me that they actually, I don't know, like, I am wondering if they had a choice. I mean, I assume they would. And if so, it kind of does surprise me that they were like, "Yes, let's let's go." Okay. <laughs> I think, I think what they're what what's going to be happening is I think that there's some sort of relief plan for Disneyland in that park mm-hmm. because, let's say, you said not much income is going into the yeah. park anyway, and also I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a huge tax break for the Walt Disney Company. Oh, I see. And I'm, okay. pretty, and I'm sure that they can. The f- the quicker they can like fix this, the quicker they yeah. can happen. So, I mean, there's really no harm in them trying to help out. Or yeah, so for the company, it's gonna be like win, win, and then another win mm-hmm. because like interesting. Um, but it's a noble cause, no- yeah. uh, nevertheless, yeah, yeah. because like Disneyland, you know, 
at full capacity, we know that a lot of people could be in there, and um, we know that they could hold that many yeah, people while they while they good. vaccinate and everything like that. But just imagine, like, going to work as a nurse at Disneyland. You know, oh my god, at Disneyland, Man. yeah, like that would Can be fucking wild. Arizona people go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably You're like, not. ooh. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's pretty much after you get like, you know, your shots, you're pretty much going to be like freaking uh, the tank gang from Nemo. You're going to be like, just like, now what? <laughs> Can we um, go to the park? I now? know. <laughs> oh, God. What is What Special? day is it today? <laughs> In like five days, it'll be exactly a year since I last went to Disneyland. Damn, I know. that's got a that's a that's a while for the that's high priestess to go so to the Disney really, Vatican. That's huh? a really long time. <laughs> it's been too long, especially for you, because like you seem to go like once every like I don't know two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went. I don't know. I try to go like once a month or something. <laughs> uh, David, how long has it been for you? D twenty three. I think was the last time we went. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And we literally went on, like, a whim. Yeah. We got out, and I was like, hey, are you down to go to Disneyland at 5 p.m.? And he's like, can we go to Galaxy's Edge? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I want a churro. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Because why not? Let's go for a churro. Uh, churros and chimichangas and all that stuff. Oh, speaking of chimichangas, another bit of news. Um, Kevin Feige confirmed that Deadpool 3 is in the works with Ryan Reynolds, and it is officially the whole Deadpool universe of it all is joining and sliding into the DMs (laughs) of the MCU. Um, And also, it's keeping its R rating. What do you guys think of that little little tidbit? I don't get how it was a hard decision for them to make it R rating. Like it's Deadpool, you know? Like it's weird. And then the cool thing though, they don't really have to make like a reason or like work around a, a transition for him to be in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Cause like you see the helicarrier in the first one, right? Or was it a helicarrier? Yeah. So yeah, he's like practically already in. Uh I guess the heart the trouble would be uh Colossus and uh oh what's her name? Mega Sonic, but here's the teenage warhead. But here's the thing, though, <laughs> they own the X Men already. I know, but like you're gonna have to explain, like, oh, how do these people have powers or something, or like, yeah, how are they mutants? Mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd yeah. be cool to use his movie as a way to like explain mutants. I don't know. That would be a cool segue yeah. to go into it a little bit. Um, but or like the just, thing of Deadpool, like the whole movie is just him explaining all the new Marvel people that are coming in, <laughs> <laughs> him, like stopping by at each movie. <laughs> yeah, making fun of Thanos or Cable because <laughs> <laughs> it's Josh Brolin. Um, you could do that, um, but like the nature, the very nature of Deadpool is very fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Anyway, so like you could have a lot of fun, especially with him being in the MCU now. Mm-hmm. The jokes you could make. Oh my god. Dude. I want him to come out in like every Marvel movie that comes out. 
just to be like gay or like walking in the background like so, that, like, that would be so cool he just walks around like the he's background. the new uh stan lee cameo Yo, oh my, that would yes. be so good yes we do that i would love for thor yeah. to come out in deadpool 3 just so he can see cable and go why do you look so familiar <laughs> it's yeah. like or he just like gets like already hates him automatically and he's just trying to figure out why do i hate you already (laughs) you know what would be funny is like uh throughout the whole entire thing uh when he meets war machine imagine him saying you're not terrence (laughs) oh my god (laughs) like you could make that jokes and he's like and he's like, hey, <laughs> like a Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man situation. <laughs> I w- dude, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and Tom, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and Tom Holland, like that already blows my mind. Um, you could do so many different things. I it, it would be funny, like if like the Avengers all come together and they're like talking about their concoction. He's like. Can it, guys? I don't think that we should be taking advice from people who uh, literally got saved by a rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, again, like, the jokes are limitless in terms of, like, what they can do mm-hmm. when they could even make fun of, Deadpool could even make fun of, like, oh, I bet you're wondering how we got another sequel. Uh, hint, his, rhyme, his name rhymes with Dickie Douse. <laughs> oh, my God. He could he could do stuff like that. I mean, there's so many like I think that this in terms of, like writing, this movie writes itself. What if because of just that sheer premise? Mm-hmm. What if they did that? What if Deadpool 3 is just the first Deadpool movie only for sure? It's nothing but MCU references. It's a, like <laughs> that that would be cool though. It's like, oh, I bet you're wondering how I got here now, huh? It's like <laughs> his name is Dickie Douse. And then I don't know. It, <laughs> Dang, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. And plus, like, Ryan Reynolds, he's more than, you know, happy to, you know, accommodate for everything that they throw at him. And Kevin Feige is down with that R rating. Um, I wonder if they're going to turn, you know, tone down all the, you know, sexual innuendos and whatnot. But um, nevertheless, I think that... Um, uh, Keep the f bombs flowing. Mm. This is going to be a, a blast. And yes, I would absolutely adore a Deadpool being the new Stanley cameo. Mm. You know, so I think that that would be um, exceptionally awesome mm. to say the least. Um, yeah. Uh, so, guys, are you ready to go to the great before? Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let's talk about um, Pixar's delving into um, souls having feelings this time around. (laughs) Souls have feelings. Souls have feelings, cars have feelings, feelings have feelings, (laughs) toys have feelings. (laughs) So many feelings. (laughs) So here we have soul... Um, the umpteenth uh, uh, Pixar movie to be released. Um, unfortunately, it did not get a theatrical release, but um, we were blessed enough to get it uh, 
anyway before the year ends. And uh, I want to go into uh, general thoughts before we delve into the nitty gritty of the of the whole bit. So I'm gonna start with David. Uh, David, what do you think of Soul? Just general thoughts before we go into the, like the actual conversation bit of it. I liked it. <laughs> uh, what are you, Alexis Moreno? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, yeah, it was it was good. I like the characters. I love the great before world, just the way they explained, just the afterlife, but also again, great before, the animation. Wow, <laughs> really like top notch, uh, and yeah, the story was fine. <laughs> story was fine. Okay, uh, Moreno. Um, I have a hard time with this movie because I know that I really, really liked this movie. I Mm -hmm. don't know if I love this movie, but like, it's close. Like it wants to be there. (laughs) Uh, Did you guys give it multiple screenings or did you just watch it once? I just watched it one time. Yeah, same. Um, I okay, know that people say, I've like, after twice. you watch it, like, if you give it, like, a second try, um, it kind of gets better. And I still haven't done that, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I I like the characters. There's some that I like more than others. I love the premise of this movie. I think it's incredible. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the ideas that they put into this movie, I think, are so good um yes the animation is beautiful um and we love uh inclusion so yeah (laughs) yeah um david and uh, any other um thoughts before we dive into other places um well it's just so the whole uh, like idea of like watching it a second time to see if you love it more or something, I don't like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't think that. I I feel like you shouldn't watch something twice or really do something twice just to like really know, do I like this? It's I feel like once should be enough to understand like your feelings about it. You know, like I will I will watch mm-hmm. a movie twice only if like to really like see if I missed any plot points of the movie or anything like that just to kind of understand the story better. No, but like if if the movie doesn't catch me on the first try, then I think you probably failed. <laughs> but but I also like understand that point of like you know with age or not with age, what the heck with time like movies age differently. Yeah, but at the same time though, like it it still it doesn't really. Ch- I mean, at least to me, it doesn't really ch- change the way you feel about it. Like, you know. Like say you watch like I know watch I watched one one movie um what was it Kung Fu Hustle recently, and when I first saw uh-huh. that like on comedy I think they were playing Comedy Central, you know I loved it I was like dang the Kung Fu is cool like the story's kind of cheesy and all that, and then when I rewatched it, I I noticed some problematic stuff in it but I'm still kind of like it's still fucking awesome, <laughs> you know, and so I don't know I just I don't I just don't like the idea of like oh I think I need to watch it again too really understand how i feel about this movie like no i think once is enough um 
my general thoughts of this movie is I I adored this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of it, like I really, really liked it. Um, second time around, I really loved it, and also like the thing is, is that like a lot of people say that this movie feels like a fifth draft when it needs a sixth kind of thing. Um, and I don't feel that because I think a lot of things like nicely wrapped together in a nice bow at the end. Um, and, um, I listened to, um, Alexis and Peter's review on the, on Red Spider Entertainment of it all. And, um, they were like, um, the message kind of loses itself. Um, with um as the movie progressed but i feel like the message of the movie pretty much transpires um like you think it's going to be one thing but it's about a completely different other thing you know and i and i think that that's where um alexis and uh, alexis peter and i's point of view um differs is that because like it starts off with a strong message and a strong thesis, but it turns out to be something completely different. Um, and I think that's a really like witty way to, you know, uh, uh, subvert expectations <laughs> there. I said it. Um, and it, it was a really nice, clever film that does that, especially with, um, with appreciating life itself mm-hmm. And I think that that's the most important key factor of the movie um, in general. Uh, I'll get into more why I think that's the most important key part of the movie a little bit later because we're going to deal into spoilers and like closures. Yeah. And do all. I, I think for me, like, I think that the message is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. The only thing for me is that at the end, I just felt that there was more to be said or it felt like the movie wanted to say something else like the ending didn't feel like an ending to me yeah and that's that's why i'm like i i really like this movie but i'm not sure like i don't know it's just that ending <laughs> like it's a good ending yeah but it just doesn't feel like an ending to I me i feel like it should have been like a big speech or something in the end but instead <laughs> they just cut it down to like one sentence or something you know because to me like for me at least the message of the movie is what is your reason to live in a way Mm -hmm. and i feel like you could have done this whole big sequence of him kind of like enjoying i um i that's we'll get it we'll get into wait let's wait till spoilers but i couldn't get it out sorry <laughs> terry terry snatched him. <laughs> <laughs> that that part got me cracking up but we'll get to it, it right now um but yeah I, I i feel what you guys are saying um before we go into spoilers what do you like more um of last year onward or uh soul Onward. I, I liked Onward more. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I like the fantasy element of it. And uh, I, even though it's like I've seen it many times, I still love that story of you don't really need your father to like be raised by him. Like anyone can be your father. Mm-hmm. Like I like that story. 
Okay. Um. So let's get into spoilers, shall we? Uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna delve into a little bit of why I think that the thesis that was stated in the movie I think is most is like very important to me personally. Um, because like throughout the whole entire movie, like he's like trying to find like a spark, you know, and everybody's trying to find that spark of life, mm-hmm. you know, that's you know. You know, whether it be, you know, jazz, you know, and what have you. But I think that the most important thing that is said in this movie that I think, it, like, the purpose of life is to life live. itself. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, and somebody who's been through, you know, dark, really excruciatingly dark spells um, in my life, you know, in terms of, like, mental illness and you know and and depression i find that this is a huge thing because it's like you know maybe you don't have to be the greatest thing ever maybe you know you're you're just supposed to you know live life Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that soul uh 22 delves into a lot is like every like these big huge figures like abraham lincoln which um, some of my favorite parts of the movies. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Muhammad Ali, you know, Mother uh, Teresa, uh, Mother Teresa <laughs> just like all the all these huge figures in history that have a legacy and you know and trying to live up to those legacies. Mm-hmm. I think is very unfair and very soul crushing in itself trying to live up to these, you know, prominent figures and even to an extent with um with Joe, that's his name, yeah. right? Joe Gardner. Mm-hmm. Um even with Joe who's, you know, who's supposed to be your way window into the average Joe, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. Um just living up to something like that, I think is soul soul crushing in itself. Um, and so when Soul Twenty Two finally found finds a reason of being, which is living, like mm-hmm. I think that is so profound that you know, and I think that that's where um, people get lost into that message sometimes. Is that you know because they're like, oh, what what was this spark? Or what was that spark? Yeah. What was this spark? And the expectation of like, because when soul 22 you know just like vanishes when she you know when she gets her patch and everything like everybody's like oh what's the closure for that no she did find her closure her closure was live yeah and either she winds up whatever you know a person of color she winds up being whatever uh, um if if she turns out to be a she at all you know it's just like her reason of being will be just being, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's where Joe stepping out of his house at the end, I think made it more uh, prominently interesting because of that. And I think that a lot of people like, you know, you don't have to be extraordinary, just be yourself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that right there is, I think, the the message that soul was trying to go for mm-hmm. um i don't know how you guys feel about that david do you feel am i 
Am I spitting out nonsense? <laughs> no, yeah. I like I said, I think that that is the message that I got from this movie and that's why I truly really like this movie. Um it kind of it, it reminded me a lot of Monsters University. <laughs> Because I feel like that movie tries to tell you the same thing. Like, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way that you want them to. But, you know, it may just work out a different way or you might take a different road. And this one is kind Mm -hmm. of the same. Like, you know, you don't have to be great. You don't have to do these things. Like, you know, you'll find your own path. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And the that's why i it's like one of my favorite movies <laughs> and so that's why i also just really like this movie because i love that i love you know we especially like this year you know so many things changed for so many people so many things that people were working towards like you know it it was kind of shattered <laughs> from last year's events and you know it it's a good message to see that like just because you know things are different now like you know it doesn't mean that you have to stop living your life yeah and especially because like nowadays people had a transition you know had a transition you know the way they work the way they you mm-hmm. know and honestly just the way they feel you know, yeah. and whether we like it or not, you know, the retaliation, like, for example, the anti-maskers and all that stuff, that's just the way they feel, mm-hmm. you know, either we agree or disagree is a completely different story, yeah. but that's just the way they feel. And, like, there's just different feelings all around for, like, the way the world, their worldviews, like, shift, the way it, you know, it, it, it transfects you know, transfixes amongst itself. And I think that just the way that, you know, different personalities could like do something like that is very fascinating. That's why when I, when I was like, when I was looking at the world of it all and the bit, you know, the, yeah. the world, <laughs> the world building of, <laughs> of soul. I think that that was extraordinarily a lack of a better term cool because you have these people, uh, and showing the differences in them, but their main goal is to live. Mm-hmm. And I think that is extraordinarily um, uh, special to be said, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Um, David, how did you feel about uh, about the overall message of what they were going for. Um, uh, yeah. Did it? Uh, yeah. Go, go on. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I like the message. I think, like I said before, like, I think the message was kind of just, you know, what is your reason to live? And for some people, it can be uh, a certain thing that they want to become for others. It can just be enjoying the little things. And I kind of like that. Because for uh, what was his name, Joe? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, okay, <laughs> um, you know, I think for him in the end, he still wants to like still play music and all that. And it, and I like how they didn't really show that is he still gonna play with the band or is he still gonna 
teach the kids or is it going to be both? You know, it's just kind of like it doesn't necessarily matter for him in a way. It's just kind of as long as he plays. It's just as long as he plays, he is happy with his life. Yeah. And he and I liked and I know it's that because in uh when you see like his life in the one room, you know, uh-huh. he seemed excited like, "Oh, this is going to be right here. This is going to like this is the part of my life where this happened. This is the part of my life where this happened." But then he kind of looks at it and it's just kind of, and he actually almost says, oh, that's not how I remember it. Or like, he generally remembers stuff happy, but when he looks at it from a different lens, I guess you can say, he's kind of like, oh, I did nothing. <laughs> but then. Yeah, very sad about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. And that's really interesting too, because when you're looking at the room, you know, where it happened <laughs> um, um it it makes it like it puts in perspective of little things in your life that shouldn't be taken for granted mm-hmm. um that your memories and or like stuff like i mean it's much like the you know the thesis that was going on in inside out we know you know there's a balance between happy mm-hmm. memories and sad memories and uh and all these memories that you know yeah that you know trigger your soul mm-hmm. i think is uh is a very important detail. that's why a lot of people and that's why i feel that this is a perfect um like spiritual companion piece to inside out yeah um because versus what's going on in your head you know it this deals with you know what goes on more you know deeper than that yeah. so i i like, more like i feel like that this you mo- can't control and also how you handle those things and how you know your perspective on those things yeah and, and that room and- especially i think is very interesting because I always have this thing where, like, you know, if somebody is excited about something, if something, if somebody is sad about something, don't put them down for it, you know, yeah. like how he was doing to himself. Because all the things that was in that room, you know, it's things that he was genuinely like it impacted him either a good or negative way, you know. It, it was it was him and to look at it from a dis- a different perspective and he was like oh this was kind of meaningless in the end but like no like you know you feel things so strongly and whether it's good or bad like you know th- that's you like that's who you are you know and mm-hmm. and yeah. i feel like it's a good um i guess like conversation starter to like to i mean it's a kids movie so to kids you know like don't put people down for the way that they feel about things. For you know? the way they live. Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody lives her life in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes, you know. I mean, obviously, the if they're like right- doing something bad, then. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, you know. Yeah, like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, if it doesn't like, hurt for example, anybody, if you're. Like. For example, if you're a white supremacist marching down, uh, <laughs> marching up uh, the Capitol Hill, you know, I think, <laughs> yeah, obviously. But uh, in fucking uh, uh, Scottish garb with freaking horns and shit, 
the fuck was that bullshit? <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, speaking of which, um, quick thoughts. Um, it's amazing that not once but twice was Trump um, impeached. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I think going back to Seoul, like how you feel is uh, is completely special and almost and unique that I think makes the genetic makeup of what a human race as a species is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that is what the common goal of every human being is, you know, essentially. Um, And that speech that he had, like, this is where I was like, you don't need this big old speech um, at the end because he pretty much said it towards the middle. Um, when he was talking with, well, soul 22, um, was talking to, uh, Joe's mom through Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. That is the part that like got me. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, again, like our parents, I, I I'm going to quote, uh, Mikey Newman from, uh, uh, movies with Mikey, but nobody knows what they're doing. And, um, the mom doesn't, you know, she's just trying her best to like see that her son is well off, you know, mm-hmm. in his life. But like the way he feels is different. He's just like my life. I don't care if you know. It's kind of like the whiplash effect, kind of like you know. I don't mind if I you know die poor or hungry yeah, or anything like that. Like, I just want to play. Yeah, and oh, I like I. See, this is what I mean. Like, I love so many parts of this movie, but just as a whole, I don't know. But, like, this moment, oh, like, spoke to me. Mm. (laughs) I fully lived in that moment. I've been in that moment before, like, in real life. And I don't know. I just, I love that they included this scene in this movie. Um, Because, like, I know that I'm not the only one, obviously. Um... But I feel like with our, not to sound, you know, I don't know, weird, but with our generation, I feel like that is more common now um, because, I don't know, I just feel like we are more like, you know, we work towards things that we love and that we want to do rather out of necessity now. Like, we're not willing to put our happiness at like stake with you know in jeopardy yes yeah and i feel like parents don't understand that because to them they were in the mindset or they were put in the mindset from the generation before them of like no like you have to you know provide (laughs) you have to you know what i mean like you have to make money provide to live and all this stuff yeah, and that's while that's good and everything like that, you're you'll definitely be well off, but it's not something that I think again, it's spiritual necessity, I mm-hmm. guess, is a is a way of describing it, because like his soul fed off of jazz. Yeah. And like the um the sign twirler Played gloriously, by the way, by uh, Graham Norton. I um, love that 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 thing too. Oh my god! Like, there's so many things. Ugh, 
I just feel like we have to like tear this movie apart because there's so many small moments that are so good. <laughs> and like the whole concept of the lost soul. Yes. And then when he was like, I was once a lost soul too. It was like, oh, what got you lost? And he was like, Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, me and David literally looked at each other. Because, I mean, not. Have you ever played Tetris? Yes, it is addicting. But, like, have you made it to like the final 12th level? No, I've not. Okay, you see. I have many, many times. And you do get in the fucking zone when you're there. Because you're just like button smashing the whole thing, trying not to let it land on the wrong spot. And oh my gosh, I like. That's why I laugh so much in that scene, because yeah. I understand. <laughs> it, it, like. It's so bizarre, right? I mean, <laughs> like, the thing is about me is that I, I I obsessed over Tetris for, like, at least three months. <laughs> and, like, but the thing is is that I have horrible ADHD, and, like, my attention span would be like, oh, squirrel, oh, shit, it went the wrong place. <laughs> that's, that's how you just got to keep pressing the button so then like, when you're distracted. I've done that multiple times, actually, too. Like, like I'm just pressing the button when I'm, like, my mom's talking to me. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And then I look back and I'm still like, I'm still good. The, and also like that whole like in the zone concept also is very interesting as well. Mm. Um, my favorite bit of this movie is the freaking pirate ship. Because <laughs> it's so freaking tie dye and yeah. like, and I, I love that they included this also because I feel like that's such a real thing. You know, people that have this ability to kind of transcend to other worlds, um, mm-hmm. like or tune into other worlds. I don't know. I I believe that that's like an actual thing that people could do. And um, it's so funny because recently, like, my mom and I... Well, my mom has always been into, like, this sort of stuff. Um, But recently, like, not that we are, like, looking into it or anything, because I'm also kind of scared. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) um, but, you know, she, like, talks to me about it and stuff. Um, So I found it very interesting that they put it in there. Yeah. But, like, it's so interesting because, like, you know how you have the inkling that you met somebody before? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like that. And, like, it, it's it's weird how they... I feel like they... Um, Pete Doctor and his uh, and his fellow writers, I felt like they, they just dropped acid before, like, <laughs> working on the concepts. <laughs> They're like, dude, what if? <laughs> Hence the tie-dye. <laughs> I believe it for the Terrys and Jerrys. Just because, like... That's such a weird concept of these, I don't know. Non-figure figures. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, it's very, like, dismorphed and disproportionate. But, like, it's, like, the 2D animation on that was incredible. It's very, like, flat. They're Mm -hmm. very flat. But I feel like you needed it to be flat you know and not three-dimensional because they are other dimensional beings yeah. you know kind of thing also terry fucking cracked me up because we all know that one person who takes their job way, way too, too fucking <laughs> serious 
And everybody's like, yeah, we talked to him. <laughs> yeah, we talked to him. And then he's like, oh, look over there. <laughs> um. Also, I don't know if you guys uh, felt this way, but when the when the when Terry was counting all the people going into the Great Beyond, um, I was like, "Your Highness, I can't count when you hover." Like, oh my God. <laughs> um. Okay. Question for both of y'all: Did you see the ball, and did you see the um the Pizza Planet truck? No. Nope. Nope. Oh. Uh. I think the Pizza Planet truck. I think I saw that one. I didn't see. I always miss those. <laughs> okay, where was the Pizza Planet truck? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Um, for those who want to, who haven't found it yet, I would suggest turn it off, turn um, or at least skip it a couple of seconds. Um, because I'm about to reveal the locations. Oh, okay. I feel like it, they've Do- been listening to it at this point. <laughs> They should have watched it because we're giving too yeah. much away. Or, or, um, or they haven't found it yet, That's and they true. want to find it for themselves and go back. Um, so, the location of the Pizza Planet truck is, uh, if you guys want to know, um, do you guys want to know? Yeah. First of all, I want. I want to know I if have... I'm right. <laughs> huh? I want to know if I'm right. Okay. It's in the um in the hall of um of bewilderment or something like that when they're when they're discovering their um the sparks. sparks. Mm. You know that room? Mm-hmm. Like first thing you see, look on your left and you see like an outline, a spiritual outline of the pizza oh. Oh. That's not what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the ball, the Luxo Junior ball is in um, Soul 22's box. And it's being used as a table. Mm. What the heck? That's cool. <laughs> okay. And then... Because I was like, oh, the ball! Mm. <gasps> the truck! <laughs> Wasn't the A113 uh, in the movie too? Or is that a Disney thing? Yeah. Or... I'm pretty sure it's in the movie. I haven't found it I yet. I think I um, saw it. Wasn't it like... It was, I feel like it was in the... The place where the band plays. Oh, maybe, maybe I like one of the posters. Or- yeah, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I saw it there. It could be wrong. Like I said, I always miss those. <laughs> also, it's interesting to see a full fledged bar in a Pixar movie. <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, I I I love this movie. I don't know if I love it more than Onward. Because I saw it twice, and I have a like, the concept alone had you know I have a deep appreciation for it, especially personally. Um, but I don't know, I don't know where I'm gonna rank it. Um, if one of those movies turn up on my 2020 list when that when it, eventually when that gets done <laughs> on Red Spotlight Entertainment, um, and put a put an end. To this destructive year, <laughs> um, but I think, uh, yeah. Anything else you guys would like to say about Soul? Because mm. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just feel like after this movie, I'm very excited to see what comes next. Hmm. These last two movies, I mean, obviously, like, Pixar movies are great and stuff, but I feel like the last two movies 
have been, at least for me, they've been really good in what they talk about and stuff. Yeah. Um, David? No, I agree with her. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I love the barbershop scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was nice. <laughs> um, also, like, going back, okay, I've not run out of things to say about mm-hmm. it. Uh, um, but, like, the thing about um, uh, that barbershop scene and just, like, um, they're like, oh, maybe his, like, whole, you know, discovery and all that stuff was actually teaching all along. Mm-hmm. No, he's learning that um, that these people, they also, um, uh, you know, abandoned what they thought was their spark mm-hmm. and found something else. And they found out that living with that new thing is the thing that kept them going. Yeah. You know? So again, it, it, this movie did not get lost in translation. It, 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 it pretty much followed through with what it, what it was saying. You think it's going to be one thing, but then it wasn't. Um, and it's much like um, another movie that we talk about frequently here on the red spot entertainment. <laughs> right guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, you know, one that always, uh, always uh, sparks conflict amongst uh, uh, certain, you know, discourses. It'll, but we'll I talk think about that, it eventually. Yeah. Uh, we'll coming talk, up. Yeah. <laughs> coming Wait up soon, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I absolutely love the thesis of this movie. I love movies with theses like this. Um, like... Uh, there's a movie that I, I, I don't know if you guys uh, have seen. It's an Al Pacino movie and it's, um, and it's called Simone, AKA simulation one where um, this down on his luck filmmaker um, gets visited by a weird person one day and gives a, um, a program that's built as like a simulation, perfect actress like the most perfect actress you'll ever, you know, know. Mm-hmm. You could add her in post, but she's like the most like. And so you, there's a bunch of questions that you ask that has something to do with like, you know, um, um, what is human? What is real? Um, uh, are when you do something like that, are you missing the human element in filmmaking? You know, which I find fascinating in the in the whole thing. So like thesis movies like these and concept um movies really appeal to me and i think that that's why this movie really gelled with me mm-hmm. instantly um the way i saw it i don't know how you guys saw it uh december 25th at 12 a.m i texted alexis soto and i was like hey let's watch soul and um he was like are you sh- are you serious and i'm like yeah fuck yeah let's do it so we stayed up until like 3 a.m. watching watching the movie. <laughs> so it was good. It was a good time. It was a good uh, starter to Christmas morning. <laughs> so uh, I think, yeah. So guys, are you ready to go to a galaxy far, far away and talk about the Mandalorian? Because I'm pretty sure you guys have thoughts and I have thoughts. And- we all got thoughts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want you guys to go first because I feel like you guys have uh, are more critical towards this season. It was f- so I 
It was fucking trash. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's bad. I, I don't like it. Um, there's absolutely no story to it. They really... Uh, what's his name? Pedro Pascal was very, very, very under underutilized. All the best moments in The Mandalorian are when he takes off his helmet. Um, Baby Yoda is adorable. I cannot deny that. But... He shouldn't have been a baby. He, sh- he should have been a, at least been able to speak. To talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't mind him being in the crib most of the time. But he should have freaking talked at least. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Grogu. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Grogu should have talked. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Everyone's Gurgi. seen it. <laughs> Gurgi, Goku, Goten, Goten. Go on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I think I said this, but I gotta say it again. There's no story to this show. Um, not but one- the cameos, bro. Yeah, the cameos. Oh my god, the music. The what was what was that thing Boba Fett did? The bomb. The knee. The knee gun. <laughs> the yeah. knee gun. It was like. <laughs> Um, some good things. Uh, the visuals are great. Uh, honestly, fantastic. I wish I liked the show. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I liked the show so I can enjoy it more. Um, uh, I was gonna say something else. Um, oh, uh, the people were saying that they love the relationship between Grogu and Mando. What it's non yeah what relationship it's non-existent really like seriously for anyone who loved the mandalorian give me one reason why uh mando loves grogu other than he's adorable uh moreno said this it's like that's the only reason she knows as to why he uh, likes him it's because he's adorable <laughs> wait i want you to say the whole speech you gave me like an hour ago uh i'll wait i'll wait for that let's just oh, okay uh, all <laughs> going off earlier <laughs> yeah I, oh it shit has, <laughs> it has to do with the bullshit people keep saying about the last jedi <laughs> or really just the whole all of star wars okay and i'm not oh. just and i'm just talking not talking i'm not talking about um last jedi haters i'm talking about everyone <laughs> in general the star wars community yes. as a whole um go on um, for me, I agree with everything he just said. Um, okay. with maybe the exception of the first episode of the season, that one is my favorite show of the entire series. Um, because there's an actual plot, there's interesting characters, interesting monsters. What happened? Action. That's the one where he goes into that town and that guy's wearing the Boba Fett. Oh, okay. Thing. Um, the ending ruined it, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like I don't think that this season, like there was absolutely no story. Like, yes, you know, you have the small thing with Baby Yoda and stuff, but like. It's uh, just, it's... Uh, no. The cameos, all the cameos to me, I thought were so dumb. Um, I did not like them. 
Um, yes, there was Bo-Katan, and yes, there was Ahsoka. They looked amazing. Um, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, yes. Um, but also no, because Bay Ashley Eckstein, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Like, that's it. Like, it just look, looked great, and that is not enough for me. <laughs> um... I am genuinely just baffled by why everybody loves the show because, but then I'm not because those, that's Star Wars fans, you know, they just want the pew pew and lightsaber battles. That's all they want. <laughs> and I don't know. And for things to be badass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. And then all of the... Um, spinoffs that they set up the entire sh season because that's all that there was. Um, I'm not excited for so yeah. <laughs> also, I forgot the action scenes lame, and this is coming from me by the way. Like I, I'm easily entertained by action scenes. Like I don't, I've I've enjoyed a few like uh badly choreographed fight scenes, but this one was just like I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then like my one of my favorite things that peter said was that episode of where boba fett comes out he calls it oh where they were in california <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i died um, <laughs> um it looked like they were on their way from the imperial to valley san to san diego and they were like wait a minute we gotta pull over and film <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's so funny um but like true <laughs> uh, only locals will get I that know. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that's that's pretty much my stance will i continue watching it to be honest i didn't even watch the last two episodes because i saw bits and pieces and i was like <laughs> i'm done no <laughs> you're like you you tapped out I, really i did um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it, honestly, it just makes me sad <laughs> because I, like, I do love, you know, this world and I mm -hmm. just feel like they're, I don't know, they're just like bringing it down. And I love this world, this world not because of the action scenes, not because it's badass. I like it because you like you can use this world to tell actual stories, and they're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Like actual human stories, yeah. you know, that's Which set is, in like different. You know, the main thing about Star Wars, it's you know, life stories, relationships. Like that's what that is, and they're not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, um, to answer your question, um, David, um, of why uh, the Mandalorian cares for Grogu so much, um, it's because he relates to him in some way, because he is also, because at this point, Grogu himself is a foundling, um, much akin to what the Mandalorian was, uh, so I think that 
just the fact that he relates to that so much and just like where he comes from, I think that that is where he instantly connected with Grogu um, and found a new purpose, you know, in life other than just like being a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. So that, so that's okay. That is good. The thing though, is that everyone else watching it are putting like this is some gr- amazing philosophical form of storytelling relationship between them. Yeah, like and it oh, really is. I, oh, I have I I have a picture of um, something Alexa sent Soto on the group chat once, and it's just it fucking makes me laugh every time. It's like Grogu offers Din the ultimate self reflection. He discovers that he isn't just another Mando or just part of the group. But instead, his own individual. It's not just good storytelling, but good Star Wars storytelling. It's more than fun. The Mandalorian is more than than the fun fan moments. I'm sorry, but that's such bullshit. Like, <laughs> again, like okay, that's great. Um, there is a reason as to why he's interested in Grogu, but I do not see in the story in the show that like that the relationship grew. That he learns something from. Um, from Grogu or something, or I don't know. Like, there's no development in their relationship yes, to make me believe that, like, he, that is his sole purpose now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that is, you know, seeing himself in Baby Yoda, like, yeah. But, like, show me more? I don't know. <laughs> Because, like, that too, like, we don't even actually know who the Mandalorian is. Like, we've seen bits and pieces, but not enough to actually care for him either. Mm -hmm. At least for Mm -hmm. me. And, like, you get those moments of him, like, really being passionate of the Mandalorian way. But you don't really see how that really saved him or how that made him the man he is like today like yeah they've saved him and all that that's cool they took him in that's great but like you know usually in some other shows or stories um you know you kind of div- you, you you sort of see the struggle of him adjusting to that culture or something like that and there's nothing of it and this is supposed to be a bounty hunter show and we get nothing of bounty hunting <laughs> and we don't know where he gets any of his equipment we don't or anything like that. We just don't get anything of the bounty hunting world. <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. We have to spare some screen time for Bo-Katan, which <laughs> looks like, like, girl, I want to know what your skincare routine oh is. Because, like, <laughs> holy shit, you, you haven't aged since Clone Wars. <laughs> what are you doing? Because my proactive ain't doing jack shit. <laughs> Um, uh, but I think, uh, uh, all seriousness, um, I think, um, you guys are valid in different things. Um, what got me interested in the, in the Mandalorian show in the first place is that I thought it, and and that's the thing though, I didn't want a bounty hunter show. Um, I didn't want a bounty hunter show at all. Um, and that's what I thought the Mandalorian was just going to be. I thought he was just going to go around the, you know, uh-huh. go around the galaxy, pew, pew, and bang, bang, and, and I thought that that's what's going to happen in the show, which um, 
which in the second season it more leaned into that. Um, but the first season I really enjoyed because it was the first season. Um, yeah, okay. um, it was a father and son kind of thing. It was like a guy who um, is under a uh, prepared, yeah, ill prepared yeah, yeah. for fatherhood. You know, and just to, by happenstance that he kind of comes in the same position as this new, as this kid that he inherits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that really fascinating. I was like, okay, we never had this kind of element in Star Wars before. We never parents. had, a pro- <laughs> we never had proper parents in the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Cause you know, Luke Skywalker, which we'll get to him in a bit, Jesus. Um, but when we Luke Skywalker, the only semblance of like a father he had was half cyborg. That was a that was the um that was the galactic equivalent of um of uh, Hitler's Gestapo. <laughs> so um so that's a no bueno, you know, kind of thing. Um, but the thing that I find really fascinating about um that whole ordeal was just him protecting his newfound sense of purpose in life, you know, other than, you know, bounty hunting and doing all that. And, you know, the, the pew pews as Moreno puts Mm. it. But I think that that was the most important part of the, in the heart of the Mandalorian that I loved so much. And then the second, uh, uh, first of all, the fucking first episode of the season fucking blew me away yeah. some of the I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go on record saying it is some of the best star wars content that we've had and, since yeah. the inception of star wars you know because like this really leaned into like it's um theming yeah which is spaghetti western in space yeah and this felt like a this felt like a western um I love like that it, first episode i thought like i wish we got more of that like that's what i want yeah. That we did not. <laughs> um, I there were uh, episodes that I that I liked. Uh, I liked the um the episode <laughs> the believer, um with uh Migs Mayfield. Um, I I love that whole um dynamic and seeing um because we got a little brief part of uh of it in Solo. But because that movie was so void of actual um, uh, soul, a controversial opinion, um, I I I don't I didn't feel like it really sold the point of seeing the war from the imperial side, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing the war from the imperial side and the believer I think is really fascinating especially hearing uh Mix Mayfield talking to Joe Chill from Batman Begins of all people <laughs> um uh, I I think it was really um I think it was really interesting seeing the world and again like stuff like this and seeing the world actually build instead of like introducing people that we've seen before juxtaposed I think is the most fascinating part of the show just seeing different parts like a fishing town like i've never seen that before in a star wars you know setting blows me away um fish people um lizard i mean uh, the frog a frog the frog lizard. F- frog lizard people in a star wars thing fucking awesome hey that's this is like 
what blew me away watching the first Star Wars for the yeah, first time. Just she actually going into- gets an art. <laughs> yeah, but like in the cantina, just seeing like you know this like mantis creature in mm-hmm. the cantina, and just seeing um seeing uh like a devil masked thing. <laughs> in the corner seeing an ape person in the corner seeing somebody with a disfigured nose you know <laughs> saying you know i don't like it either <laughs> like that that shit blew me away as a kid um and like what is their story i don't know but it's fucking awesome mm. <laughs> and that's the that's the portions that i really love about the mandalorian is like um seeing different parts of this world and um exploring more of star wars because like i i love that portion of star wars just exploring other than the spiritual aspect which i really loved in the last jedi that we got um but story i can't tell you pinpoint what happens it felt like an rpg most of the time Mm -hmm. over a show this is so you mentioned that this is like a spaghetti western show I, it was supposed to. It was supposed to be a spaghetti western, and like if anyone says that it is, I totally disagree. What it basically is is an adventure show, and that's the thing that kind of bothers me about this show, is that if you want to make an adventure show, you gotta get us excited of the adventure, you know, uh-huh. and like so. And I I mentioned this in the Red Spotlight podcast once. But I used two examples, and it was Adventure Time and Futurama. Like, that one has characters mm-hmm. who are always like, oh my gosh, uh, we're going to this alien planet that does this? Holy shit, let's go, 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 go. And then, you know, and then Adventure Time, their motto is, what time is it? Adventure Time. And it's like, that's how you're supposed to get people excited for. And this one is just kind of like, oh, uh... You gotta go here next. You gotta go here next. You gotta go here next. Like that's all it is. It's like there's never a moment of uh, Mando kind of going like, "Holy shit, let's go!" Or even this is why Baby Yoda shouldn't be a baby. <laughs> mm. To kind of like juxtapose what he's feeling at the time, mm-hmm. um, which I get. Um, I'm really curious. I really want to hear that like one hour rant. <laughs> uh, uh, that you that you lay down no. on a on a Alexis over here. It wasn't an hour long, so, but I mean, it's just that I just I just noticed something with all Star Wars fans that's just kind of like it's really pissing me off. So when the Force Awakens was coming out, and you know, before mm-hmm. we even knew of the title, I remember watching videos of people going that they don't want this to be a movie about luke just being a badass for two hours straight you know that that the story was going to be boring if it did that like people said that i know people said that Mm -hmm. and then and like the movie comes out and you know he wasn't even in it (laughs) but like (laughs) it's so that's fine whatever uh but people had their thoughts uh they liked it whatever star wars is bad cool last jedi comes out (laughs) And it was just a shit show afterwards. But, you know, the people who really disliked it, you know, they're like, they're saying just how much this movie sucks. Like, every single second of the movie, why it sucks. Like, really nitpicking the plot or criticizing the plot. And 
was we've said this and I've not seen it like on Twitter and other videos before, but people kept saying, so like, don't look into the plot so much. Like people don't really care about plot so much, you know? And then what did the last Jedi hater say? They're just, that's ridiculous. That's stupid. You're acting like as if the fans are dumb or something like that. Just like, they just hated that response of, oh, how could you say that people don't care about plot? Okay. And so, uh, Rise of Skywalker comes out and we were all basically just kind of done with Star Wars <laughs> in that moment, you know? And then Mandalorian comes out. And like I said, there's no story into this show. But people are eating it up, you know. So it's kind of like, and it and it it is last Jedi haters going, oh my gosh, this is the type of Star Wars content that we wanted. This is great, and but there's no story, and even like some of the I've seen a few last Jedi haters like like nitpicking the plot again on this show and hating it too, while some like a bunch of others <laughs> are loving it. But even but for different for different reasons though. Um, I, the thing is, is that like with this movie and, um, the show, um, with the, with the last Jedi did to a lot of Star Wars, um, fans was, um, question their intelligence, um, (laughs) a little bit. And, uh, it gave them like, you had to think about the movie in order to get it. Versus the Mandalorian, you don't have to think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> in, in order to like enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I think that because again, but again, I I don't feel like these people know what Star Wars was back then and what made the original trilogy so special. Um, and like the thing that made the original trilogy special was because. It took a broad concept of like good versus evil, but turned that into um, spiritual action adventure with you know the force, but also you know as a treat you get pew pews. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing though, that people keep bringing up is like the reason Star Wars became so big when it first came out. Yes, it's a good story. There's no denying that, but it was mostly the technology that made it so like amazing. <clears throat> like that's all really people ever talked about even like my dad he was just kind of like i saw the first one i loved it because it i never seen technology like that but he never saw the rest <laughs> like he just kind of didn't care afterwards yeah. and so i don't know it's just so weird but um like i was saying but then you got some last jedi haters like really nitpicking the plot and even their fans who also hate the last jedi are kind of are telling them now Hey, don't nitpick the plot. <laughs> and so it's just it's just Star Wars fans just keep turning and turning and turning. And at some point, the ones who nitpick that don't like Mandalorian, even they now admit that if Luke had like been a badass in The Last Jedi or he cut down those AT-ATs in the movie, people would be a lot more forgiving of the movie. And it's like we're all yeah we're all seeing just the utter bullshit that some of these fans say and they still want to argue listen to the fans it's like cool uh (laughs) they did that with mandalorian again there's no story it fucking sucks and they did that with rise of skywalker it fucking sucks he tried to like oh i'm gonna answer every question people had it's like don't do that you like there is answered questions in the last jedi 
and my, people just didn't like the answers. People just didn't like the answers, you know. And that's what we, that's another thing we kept saying is that people didn't like Last Jedi because they their theories weren't um, their their theories were wrong. Satisfied, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why because like this movie, uh, The Last Jedi, questioned a lot of people's intelligences, you know, and it and it attacked, you know, mm-hmm. the you know those you know those dying questions and their theories because the thing is is that a lot of like fans and especially with like film culture today is that a lot of people in the film community um you know especially on youtube and the discourse on twitter like because everybody feels like they have to be the next roger ebert by saying something you know extraordinarily um exceptional with what they're saying Mm -hmm. and their next theory that they have um and uh, we'll get to the Mandalorian in a bit, but we'll we'll. Uh, but this is like the root of a lot of problems um, that we all have, is that um, people thought that they were ahead of the game, um, and a lot of people feel that way to be ahead of the game and like have their theories speculized and validated. That way, you know, their videos are you know are are you know are recognized that way you know the things that the way they feel is validated and to have that completely crushed and the last jedi it got them fucking pissed with whatever little semblance of um uh, i of whatever fan version of testosterone is Mm -hmm. they completely lost that when the last jedi gave them the answers that they weren't um that they didn't conceive in their head pre you know prematurely Mm -hmm. before seeing the movie and with that a lot of people turned and they they went berserk because they weren't validated Mm -hmm. and i i that's the thing is that now they were like, okay, well, at least we'll have Luke doing some badass shit. And they didn't have their version, again, validating their version of Luke being badass mm-hmm. in The Last Jedi. And they were pissed because they were like, at least we'll have that, mm-hmm. you know, in The Last Jedi. Uh, was- but they, But they didn't get a version of that that they viewed as badass. But... When Luke showed up at the end of The Mandalorian, I find it a nice juxtaposition of where he is then versus now with The Last Jedi, um, which is the final film of the saga. It's weird how they ended at eight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's funny, too, like now that I'm kind of thinking about it? None of the original characters, with maybe the exception of Leia, did things that we kind of thought in our heads that might have been badass in the sequel series. Because if you think about it, like Han, he wasn't this, you know, um, I don't know. Hero general in the sequel series, but he was trying to be a father. Yeah, but he was a father and he sacrificed himself, you know, for the sake of his kid. You know, that to me is a lot better. Like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then Luke, it's the same. Like, you know, he wasn't this old badass fighting guy, but, you know, he sacrificed himself for his family. Like, yeah, I just don't understand how you could say, like, 
that sucked. Yeah. But that's literally what he did. And then he just, and that's literally what Star Wars is. It's it's a family relationship movie. Like what? Mm. <laughs> it's space Kardashians. <laughs> And like he's another reason. He's another thing that's like, for me again, Star Wars fans are just like bullshitting. That that scene and Mandalorian with Luke coming out. Yeah, I enjoyed that scene. Like I thought it was cool. Like it was it was really cool seeing him cut down those robots. Uh, the CGI, yeah. yeah, it was off, but I still liked it. Um, and everything. And I keep listening to that music at the ending where he's like, where Luke finally takes Grogu and like he's in the elevator and it closes. I love that song. I keep listening to it over and over. It's great yeah but the thing though is that that's not luke <laughs> that's the thing they're like oh we got the look that we wanted but it's not that's the that's the one that you had in your head the jesus christ figure all-powerful figure Here, okay here's what here's where I, I i disagree slightly um because it is luke but in his prime in his prime that i've and that's where like we see him in his prime like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he's fucking awesome and slaying and like nobody could touch him. Even Moff Gideon when he realized who was coming at, you know, in the corridor. Um, because let's face it, everybody in the Empire knows mm-hmm. who the fuck Luke Skywalker is. And pretty much the whole entire galaxy knows who Luke Skywalker is. I mean, he's kind of like rest in peace he's like the kobe bryant of the universe you know in terms of you know heroism and that's why it's so well juxtaposed with what he is in the last jedi because he has to deal with those repercussions Mm -hmm. and not being able to you know lean on uh, him being like this hero to everybody yeah and that when that burden became too much when he was like trying to like sacrifice his nephew for the greater mm-hmm. good and he couldn't come down to it he feels like he let the entire galaxy down yeah. and so like to see where he is at that point in the mandalorian i think is such a good counterpiece with where he is in the last jedi that i did like that moment yes it it is you know luke being badass but in terms of congruently where he is in the last jedi I find that it, like more validating for the last Jedi just to see where he comes from, um, uh, you know, as a character. So Luke in that whole scene gets an entire pass from me because of that. Um, but like, but again, it, it it was ridiculous to see a lot of people crying and bawling their eyes out seeing Luke uh, um, doing. You know, being a badass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, the whole episode. I first of all, I like, I like the final episode. I, I really did. I like, you know, storm. I, I like, I like storming the gates. You know, battles. You know, of you know where the you know main evil is. That's the reason why I love Return of the King. That's the reason why I love all these things. Is just people storming the gates it's it's simple it, but uh, i like that simplicity um yeah so with going back to the last jedi conversation um 
I think a lot of like again, I I don't know how many times we could say this on the Red Spot Entertainment, you know, thing of it all is that a lot of people just you know lay down their chips on so many different things, and the cards they got it enraged them so much because they pretty much bankrupted their entire you know. Uh, self-purpose and identity in star wars so much that a lot of people couldn't handle it and thus making people angry about it um and i think that is completely stupid to do i mean yeah star wars is great i love it i have a whole fucking star wars decor section in my fucking room (laughs) um but like to do that and to like completely like be you know, creatively bankrupt and enjoy like the simplicity things. I think a lot of people should be more outraged with the Mandalorian because while there were fucking awesome fan moments in season two, um, like a lot of it was very, um, hollow, you know, because, because, all it was was getting to point A to point B to point C to point D all the way to F. Um, and it just wasn't, you know, uh, thrilling enough yeah. for that because there are no um, no real stakes other than Grogu. But, like, there's no stakes in this whole thing. The, the fate of the galaxy being, you know... Uh, under the thumb of an emo prince. Yeah, <laughs> I, Woo. I think, I that's that's a threat. So you gotta vanquish that threat, and you feel that threat because this guy, this this emo prince, is uh, you know emotionally unhinged. <laughs> you, you gotta stop that shit. <laughs> Leave him alone. I mean, we <laughs> we all know what an unhinged person could do to a country. <laughs> so. Yeah, so there's a lot of stakes on the line. Um and like that that is where, you know, the driving force of the sequels um really shine through, you know, even in yes, The Rise of Skywalker. It does bleed in a little bit. I'm giving it that much credit. Even even then it's too much. <laughs> um it bleeds through a little bit in there, which I think that makes the sequel trilogy as a whole way better than anything that the Mandalorian is. Cause there's no real doomsday, you know, stakes mm-hmm. that is in the Mandalorian. It's literally you know? just set up for other stories, which at least to me now don't seem more interesting. There's actually something that Alexis sent me earlier, which might upset you. Okay, um, go on. I mean, everything Alexis sort no. of says upsets so, me, but... <laughs> you know, speaking of spinoffs and setups and one Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> okay, remind me. Uh, when we were watching Clone Wars... You assumed, right, that the next animated show was going to be basically the Ahsoka show, right? Yeah, with Sabine yes. and, you know, looking for um, looking for Ezra and Thrawn and the Nether. By the way, 
I cringed hard when she said, where's Thrawn? Uh, that's when I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is like the one thing that I was looking forward to the most. And it's all gone. And let me tell you why. So this is what Alexa sent me. It's literally a whole, like, I don't know if you can see that. Like, that whole thing is what I'm about to say. Uh, and I okay. also asked him if I could say this whole speech, and he said that's fine. So it goes. He read an article because, you know, that's what he does. <laughs> that's all he does. <laughs> it goes. And decorate his room. <laughs> John Favreau is a single reason why the Rebel sequel series is going to be live action and not animated. And it's actually so much worse than that, according to new reports. The Rebel sequel series was literally in the middle of production, meaning they had complete scripts and some finished animation, and Taylor Gray even recorded voice work for Ezra, when Jon Favreau literally stepped in and cancelled it. Apparently, after the success of The Mandalorian Season 1, he convinced Filoni that this sequel series should be in live action instead. So the report confirms that the Ahsoka show is what was going to be the Rebel sequel series. I'm so offended on so many levels. Uh, yep, Ashley Eckstein lost a job over this and now is nowhere to be seen. And yeah, good job, Filoni. Why take advice from on what content should be in animation or live action from the man who directed the live action Lion King? <laughs> There's a lot more, but that's basically, you know, I'm upset. Basically. <laughs> I, I'm upset. <laughs> the thing that, like, disturbs me about this whole, like, mentality between, like, Rebels and all that stuff and, you know, live action versus animation is that a lot of people devalidate animation. animation. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, because, like, Clone Wars. Oh my god. Some of the some of the best Star Wars content since Empire. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there and say that. Um it, it has some of the best Star Wars storytelling since the original trilogy. And people refuse to watch it because you know why? It's a cartoon. Yes, it's a cartoon. Yes. That pisses me off to no end because like We've seen that finale. We've seen like how explosive the show could be. Um, and like, I've how, explained- like that that yes, like that pisses me off so much because hardly anybody was talking about that Clone Wars ending. And that's literally like the one of Clone Wars and The Last Jedi and Empire are my favorite Star Wars content. And I'm truly sad and upset that the ending of Clone Wars did not get as much hype as The Mandalorian because that ending, which is, like, basically a movie, Uh oh, my God. Also, a lot of people are like, oh, episode three, episode three, episode three, you know, and, you know, pretty much chizzing all over the place because of it, you know. Like, you would think that this would be up their alley because it it firmly (laughs) establishes episode three in canon. Yeah. What the fuck, people? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And also, guess what um, the show also gives you? It gives you the badass Darth Vader. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Also, Rebels. Yes, it's for kids. But guess what? So is Star Wars. <laughs> you know? Star Wars itself is for children. When I was watching uh, the other day, because I had no idea this existed, um, AFI gave the um, Lifetime Honorary Award to John Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it, you know, a bunch of celebrities came out, like, that, you know, represented portions of his career. Um, and George Lucas came up to um, talk about, like, his work on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, what was once a story um, to be told to little children, emphasis from the man himself that everybody is like, oh, George Lucas wouldn't have done this. No, you guys are fucking stupid. This thing is for children. That's why I was so thrilled to find out that Bill Burr was in uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, the in his stand-up comedies, like, he was like, I don't, I just don't get the, you know, hype that a lot of people have with Star Wars. It's basically a self-help book for children with, um, mm. <laughs> with Muppets. <laughs> and just the fact that he was in Star Wars just blows my mind. Um, but to backtrack, George Lucas said that this franchises for children you know and he said that you know you took this for you know you took this tale for children and made it a little bit something more mm-hmm. you know what's um, funny you know what's funny yes the people that hate the last jedi they're like one of their biggest excuse for hating it is that they say it ruined my childhood and but they're the ones that say oh no it's not for children how dare you downplay it for that and it's like, okay, but you keep associating it with your childhood, though. Meaning that it is for kids. That's the reason why you liked it. Because you saw it as a kid. <laughs> and so it's just... Uh. And also, like, um, I was talking to my dad about The Mandalorian. And my dad is not a Star Wars fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he, like, he said that I like the fact that this is grown up. When he was talking about the Mandalorian, and I'm like, huh. adjusts glasses, yeah. talks, and like says, "You're pretty much saying that you like it because it defies the general purpose of yeah. Star Wars itself. Yeah, that it is for children, and I don't know what's the deal about like liking." You know children's content because like for example like i completely dismissed um steven universe because of that whole concept because like i was like what the fuck is this a a kid clamoring about uh about an ice cream cookie you know uh with a fucking uh belly button ring what the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> But then I watched it. I fucking sobbed for like an hour after I saw the initial series run finale. I, I like it's such a good storytelling about like about self-worth and how like you as your own person is enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what Steven Universe is about. And you could have those stories in a child you know, in a, you know, in children's content like that. And 
have it mean something. I don't understand why that is such a bad thing. That's why, like, there's such a stigma against, like, animation as a whole with, like, Disney mm-hmm. films. And, like, um, and this is where, like, my my very, you know, toxic masculine um, little brother came up to, like, when I was listening to freaking the Aladdin soundtrack while I was taking a bath. And he was like, why do you still listen to that, you know, that childish music? And I'm like, excuse me like what's wrong with liking something that appeals to the you know inner child in you you know uh and i just don't understand that you know mentality Mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys understand it no i get it no yeah it's it's so funny because i follow a lot of people uh that work in animation or you know do animation for themselves and stuff and uh, for some reason, I'm not exactly sure why the conversation started, but um, a lot of them have been coming out. And, and even, like, big animators. Like, I think um, the guy that directed The Incredibles. Uh, Bad Bird. Yeah, he even came out and said a few things. And they were... Um, but it's it's that type of conversation, like, making animation seemed like it's less than what it is and one of the things that they said was animation is not a genre animation is a a medium you know you Mm -hmm. don't have uh like a genre is you know a western it's a a horror comedy like that's what a genre is a medium is the type of um like how it looks, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, the way well, you tell the story. The example is you get Disney movies, and then you have South Park or Futurama, mm-hmm. where it's like it's those Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, like those aren't for kids. There's like nudity, yeah. cussing, and just kind of like the, the, horrible. Those are genres. Those are different genres, mm-hmm. but they're all one medium. <laughs> and you know, people putting it down just because it looks a certain way. It, it's not right and it's stupid because that doesn't just because it looks a certain way doesn't mean that the story is gonna be you know less in fact it might enhance it (laughs) yeah and just because a you know an f-bomb isn't dropped here and there or um or something is not getting fucked um that doesn't mean the story is any less in you know significant which is why i'm so like downhearted that 2d animation for right now at least mm-hmm. is dead mm-hmm. ain't no in the water um because like that's a totally different medium that you could be using to you know tell your stories mm-hmm. um well like the best example of like how animation can like enhance storytelling no uh, oh. well I mean, <laughs> no sorry uh spider-verse like it literally brought mm. the multiverse. It's something that it's taking over ten years for Marvel for the MCU to do, like bring in the concept of, but they did it in one movie. <laughs> you know, and yeah. like, and it wasn't just like bringing like certain people from other universes together. No, you're seeing the whole multiverse collapse by the end of that movie, and it doesn't seem. I mean, at least for I mean, who knows for other people? I mean, I'm used to this kind of stories. 
but like at least for me it wasn't too overwhelming of that concept you know and so mm -hmm. yeah animation is the best guys <laughs> <laughs> animation is great i mean like i don't know like people cringe at animation people cringe at anime you know I, there is still the stigma you know a stigma here in the united states that people are you know stigmatized against anime and anime storytelling and saying you know affiliated with um with like the hentai crowd and you know and i i don't feel like uh, that's doing the the medium justice because like i watched a show recently that had great storytelling it, it took a while to get used to because i'm not used to the anime format but it was a great story nevertheless demon slayer i don't know if you guys heard about it um i've heard about it, it never seen it. It, it it's about um it's about a a brother and sister um the and the sister um undergoes a horrible horrific accident mm -hmm. where she turns into a demon um mm -hmm. And so, like, there's this whole, like, legion of demon hunters out there that, you know, are trying to kill and how he is a demon hunter as well. Um, and just, like, him trying to cure her demonness uh, while facing off different evils and all that stuff. It's a good show. Really good show. Um, I know another enemy that's kind of similar to that. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul. I would recommend that. It's really cool. Mm. Okay. Um, I watched one season and I'm really interested in finishing the rest. A uh, one punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just how freaking ridiculous it is. One punch and a man's down. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's a great, that's a great first season. Second season, it's fine. But like that first season, it's honestly amazing. Um, also like how like nonchalant and like deadpan the the hero's face <laughs> most of it it's just funny yeah. it just plays onto that trope so well um but i think yeah it's just uh, animation go i mean i mean we're, we're probably you know tuning up you know the right tree because this is a disney podcast and disney's soul <laughs> tie it back together um is animation so i don't know folks i don't know i just don't get people these days yeah uh but again like a good portion of this of this country you know voted once again for megalomaniac and there's so many different things not wearing masks and that just confuses and boggles the mind <laughs> oh well um so yeah season two of the mandalorian do i recommend it if you want some brainless television i guess <laughs> um but there is no um i mean there's no they actual might like it everybody else seems to like it <laughs> Yeah, but there's, like, no, like, substance that I think that is, like, of worth <laughs> um, in season two. Oh, by the way, Book of Boba Fett fucking, oh like, shoot, shoot me now in the skull at least seven times. <laughs> sure I'm dead. 
<laughs> um, I cringe so hard. Like everybody, everybody was like talking about like how like well amongst us we were talking about like how things were like felt very fanficy. Mm. Um, this hella felt fanficy. Yeah, I literally um because I that Friday I wake up on Fridays I wake up like around five a.m. to six. And Alexis has sent a message to me and Peter, and he was like, you guys need to watch the ending scene. Like, n- not like the Luke scene, but like the after credit scene. I put it on. Dude, I was done. Hmm. I was done. Also, I don't know if we're ready to have the conversation of like how the MCU has ruined storytelling. We'll save that for a, yeah. com- or a <laughs> conversation another day. Um, but I feel like the MCU has ruined storytelling forever. Um, yeah, I'm out of thoughts to say. How about you, Morenos? Um, like I said, Star Wars fans are full of shit. If you like Last Jedi, say it. Say it and say it proud. Okay? <laughs> if the Last Jedi haters are liking Mandalorian, then... They don't, again, they don't fucking care about story or plot. <laughs> so. They care about things that go pew pew, yeah. man. That's badass. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing a Percy Jackson hoodie? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, I barely caught on to that. Yes, it's long. <laughs> Camp Half Blood, Long Island Sound, and it has a Pegasus. Oh my god. <laughs> I barely caught on to that. That's nice. Nice little touch. You're you're in uh you're um you're attire appropriate for the recording session because <laughs> <laughs> Percy Jackson is Disney now, and, yo. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they already finished the pilot script, uh, so it's happening. It's happening. Well, maybe yeah. unless you know John Favreau walks in. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jokes. if he's just walking in for like trying to make it look good. Fine. Oh, Keep I mean, I'm sorry, John. Yeah. John. Oh, John. I at the <laughs> investor meeting. I don't know if you heard this, um, David, but I cringed so hard when Kathleen didn't say their last names, but said, "Dave and John are working hard on the next." <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit! Gouge my eyes out. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jokes. Jokes, 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 jokes. Um, yeah. So this is this episode. We ran longer than I expected. I know. I did I think- too. I was like, oh, this is gonna be like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because we had a lot to say about the Star Wars discourse as a whole, which we always want. Like, it doesn't matter. I apologize for how many times we always end up back talking about this. <laughs> I still have a yeah. I still have a lot more to say, but I mean we'll just save it for another time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could have that. We we should just dedicate an entire episode on, on We've just dedicated that. multiple and, episodes. <laughs> it's God just damn it. You know what? Never it's mind. Fine. As long as Star Wars is in this condition, we're we're always gonna talk about it. But <laughs> uh, not Star Wars, because Star Wars is always gonna be Star Wars and it doesn't matter what, but like Star Wars fans in general. Um, so yeah, I hope you liked this episode. And if you did, you could check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts. Whether that be TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, 
Um, yeah, we're all right there on the Fantasy Fair. <laughs> um, check out what's going on in uh, Red Spotlight Entertainment and see what they're cooking up. Um, I'm pretty sure um, we're working our way to a top um, top 10 um, if that's possible of uh, of 2020 movies, um, I so, so. I know next month they're bringing back to the table. Yeah, um, thanks for the invite, guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's whatever. Uh, but also, um, we want to talk. I want to talk to you guys about um about stuff that we're uh cooking up here on the fantasy fair kitchen um so moreno and i were talking and so february we're gonna have um shorts month due to it being a short month uh we're gonna be doing (laughs) (laughs) i laughed so hard when i came up with that (laughs) i bet you were i bet you were laughing for like two hours you're like short Um, so we're going to be doing that. Um, we're going to also in March, we could continue, we, I guess, I don't want to, but I guess it needs to be done. We need to get through some of the ones that we haven't done and been avoiding for a long time on a, on once upon a retrospect. So get ready for that. Um, April, um, Tangled the series. I'm very excited. It's happening. Um, May, we're going to do a DuckTales review show. Um, You know, I love the the fact that Moreno is more enthusiastic about Disney than I am. um, Mm -hmm. Because she creates content for me and I don't even have to lay a finger. I just have to show up. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. I think that's incredible. Um... And between all that, because this week, um, the first two episodes of the WandaVision is dropping. And I'm very intrigued to see what what comes out of that. So we'll have a WandaVision review out whenever the whole series as a whole comes out. We're not going to review it um, episode by episode. Which I'm doing that uh, with Alexis on Red Spotlight. <laughs> oh, you guys are doing WandaVision? Yeah, episode by episode. Okay. Okay. That's that's interesting. Good luck with that. I <laughs> How many times is he going to bitch and moan about Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I wonder how many. <laughs> it is both One of them, too. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Take a shot every time it's mentioned. <laughs> no, never mind. You're going to fucking kill over in the first minute. Um, <laughs> Alexis Soto, I'm telling these jokes lovingly, of course. <laughs> don't, don't get mad. Don't, like, because... After we hear our, these episodes, like, this is why I completely avoid the Red Spot Entertainment episodes as a whole, because I know that shit is being said over there <laughs> that I don't want to know <laughs> um, about me. So I'm just like, nope, staying away from there. Um, and we, whenever we do hear it, we're just like, fuck you with us <laughs> in the chat. So I'm avoiding that discourse altogether. Um but yeah, so without further ado, I'm Kyle Lira. With me is D 
David Moreno and also Alexis Moreno. You guys should change your last names to Rose. That would be up shit's creek. Oh my <laughs> God. Um so yeah, without further ado, from the Lyra and the Morenos, stay magical, everyone. When you wish upon a star, there's no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come. Happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you.